0: Uh
1: How was work, uh Kirk.
0: How was work? It's I been was a gorgeous work. week. Gorgeous week. I just rode uh just rode my motorcycle home and the you temperature a motorcycle? dropped. Well yes I do. I didn't know that. Did I not mention that? Before? You never mentioned you rec- have a
1: motorcycle.
0: Yeah, I don't ever recall you. Well, maybe I shouldn't have. It's a, a small commuter bike. Uh, man, it's 54 degrees, according to my phone. But I swear it felt more like 48. Oh, <laughs> chilly. No, it's I don't like to ride below 52. It's just the top of the hills, is, is you can feel it's markedly warmer. The bottom of the valleys, cold air drainage. You can absolutely feel it. My, my, my fingers, were getting frozen. Wow. Yeah, that seems extreme. At least feeling frozen, but you know it's wind chill. Uh, you know it's all about about you know bundling up and protecting your flesh from the wind. Mm-hmm. Well, let
1: me see. But how far? Don't you here. have to? Don't you have to commute quite a bit, Kirk?
0: Yeah, how far to drive? Uh, it's about thirty-seven, thirty-eight miles. Takes me at least forty-five minutes. And now that they're doing construction. It actually takes more like fifty minutes, mm. but so it you, should be sick fixed. Should be uh, resolved soon. So, so is it a my uh,
1: suit and tie? You know. Oh yeah, is it a Harley or a Honda? What do you know.
0: got? A Suzuki uh, Street Boulevard S forty, about yeah. a seven hundred cc.
1: Oh, I had a friend that was big into Suzukis. I think <laughs> no Kawasaki's. That was his bike.
0: I, I got it just as, uh, you know, I I just lucked into it. I decided that I was going to start shopping and was looking on Facebook and came up with uh, somebody in my town that was selling this thing. Uh, And the reason he was selling it is he desperately needed money to repair his pickup truck's transmission so that he could continue to ride or drive across town to get to the hospital where he was a maintenance man. So, I swooped in and was very interested. It was very favorable price. He was distressed. He wanted to unload it. So we went to the bank on the Saturday morning and uh, swapped swapped money and the title and had it notarized. And as it was being finished, his phone rang, and it was his best friend who said, "I'll take that bike." Said, <laughs> it's too late." And the other mm-hmm. guy was get real upset. No, he said, it's too late. We've just, I've just concluded the transaction. And the other guy was pissed saying, I told you that I wanted, it. I told you I'd be interested. in." it's like, Hey, I showed up with a cash and I yeah. got it. Yeah. First come first serve. That's right.
1: What do and, you, do you ride? Cause I know you have to wear a, you dress up. You have to wear like a tie and a suit and all that. Do you wear all that driving to work or do you change at work?
0: Well, I have a suit, jacket, and pants at work, and I have the tie and the white shirt under a blue jean jacket and helmet. You can tell I've got ha- helmet hair. Uh, that's the <laughs> one downside. So I, And I'm wearing my you know, boots right now, so it's just a matter of dressing for the weather. But the, the stuff I've got right now is very comfortable during the day when I'm riding over coming home at night that's the limiting factor the, the highways are wide open and well lit but i just get so cold so you know my thighs are cold my my elbows are cold my fingers have started to warm up again but they were plenty numb so um,
1: i uh i never would have never would have thought of you
0: <laughs> being a motorcycle well, guy not like a gearhead but yeah. it was better of convenience the commute is half as expensive yeah. on the motorcycle as it is for the car so i can i can make the the circuit back and forth twice for what it cost me to drive the car over once and back yeah makes sense and since i'm a weatherman i should know whether it's going to rain or what the temperature is <laughs> going to be i should so, hope so yeah <laughs> And usually I'm pretty good, although I'll play the odds sometime and think that the, the showers aren't going to arrive until after midnight and so I can get home in time. Once in a while, I'll get burned and I'll walk in soaked. But, you know, <laughs> it's a gamble. You know, it doesn't have to be much if it's drizzling and you're riding a motorcycle yeah. to get really wet. So. Yeah,
1: doesn't take much.
0: Anyways, oh. how are you guys?
1: I'm I'm good. My second drink because I've had a long day and week. Um,
0: did you complete your assignment?
1: I did not. I was not able to make it to the because I worked till oh by five thirty, almost six, and then we had to run to the pet store, and then we got dinner. and Came home, and by the time I got dinner, you know, yeah, I just wasn't going to make it, and I tried to con- Convinced Phil to go with me, but she uh, she had heard that the some of the scenes with, I guess, some of the animal experimentation, she didn't think she would handle that very well. So she That's wasn't sure point. if she was going
0: to see it. Yeah. That's the point. Um, you're supposed to be upset, but not violently. Yeah, John, I told her that. It? John dropped out. John, have you seen the movie? I have not, not yet. Oh okay. oh, okay. But I'm the only man in the room that has, I'll have to be cautious about what I say.
2: No, you don't have to be cautious for me. If you want to, if Tim, you need it, then that's
1: fine, but I... No, uh, I mean, I, 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 I've kind of listened to reviews, so I kind of have the basic idea of the story. Um, But, you know, we can't really talk to you much about it, Kirk, because we don't, we haven't um, we haven't seen it. I mean, I've heard that it's a pretty. It's not a great film, but it's a solid film, and it kind of wraps things up with a nice little bow at the end for um, all the characters.
0: Okay. Well, you know, let's assume that we're uh, we are. Who's recording this right now? I'm re- I'm recording. Okay. So let's we're already into it. We broached the topic. And well. So- But we haven't really started the show. Yeah, well, well, that's okay. They already know what they're in for if they've clicked on it. So (laughs) let's just keep rolling. Um, All right. I I have to disagree. I do not think that they tie it up in a nice little bow. Instead, they kind of, like the Avengers, reassemble every so often. And some Mm -hmm. characters depart and some characters come in. That's what I feel has happened at the end of this movie. Some actors wanted out of the franchise. Some were willing to to step in, so you we no longer. It's not a big surprise. We no longer have the same mix in the team that is known as Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Right. I. I. Yeah. And I guess I didn't mean that they had ended the. The they left no. it open that they could have more films if they want to. Oh,
0: oh yes, and in fact, very clearly, it's no surprise. But at the end of the film. There's a title card that comes up that says Star Lord will return. They don't tell you where or how, yeah. but it's very clear that there's a solo movie or something that's going to continue his story. Even though there's kind of a sense that he's walked off stage, um, I won't spoil it. But there's there's a sense that he's uh, you know gone back to Earth to to revisit some roots. Mm-hmm. Okay. The what end credit there? scene, though, is a real yes, puzzler. I've got to tell you, there's an end credit scene that features him that I was kind of scratching my head afterwards, saying, "And the point of of that scene was what? <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's the? Where's the direction? What's the point? And unless they." They shoot the same scene from a different angle, or with another character that he's referring to, to show you the difference in in perception or something. I have n- absolutely no idea why they 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 did that. It just you'll well, understand it, when you see it. You'll go, "Oh, that's what Kirk meant."
1: So, so <laughs> it, it's not that it seems like it's setting up something in the future.
0: No, it just, you know how at the end of the Avengers movie, uh, the first movie, they're having shawarma, yeah. and mm-hmm. the characters are just all sitting there, and they're eating? Yeah. yeah. It is very reminiscent of that, Interesting. except there's a conversation between two characters over the breakfast table, and you're like, what What, what was the point <laughs> of that exchange, That that discussion? It didn't connect to anything. It doesn't seem to lead anywhere. It doesn't... It's not a cliffhanger. It's not, you know, in the, the X Men movie, Professor X's voice came out of a man who was brain dead, and yeah. you went, you know, oh goodness, not good. <laughs> there's none of that. There is no payoff to the scene, except I think afterwards the title card comes up. It says Star Lord will return, but, hmm. you know, well, I'm I, not spoiling anything by telling you that. It's just uh, right. kind of strange. Well, I'd,
1: okay. I'd heard that the there is some, it kind of ties in with the Christmas special they did, which was on Disney. Plus, and I watched it, kind of watched at it, that there are things that were revealed in that that carry into this film. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, but I know they kind of tie yeah, in with
0: the, each other. I thought the Christmas special was a great lark. It was wonderful, lighthearted, fun, lots of jokes. And pays off with warm fuzzy at the end. But do you need to see it for this film? I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't, no. I can't recall <laughs> yeah. anything that that occurred that was earth shattering, except people who had not seen that that holiday special have written review and said, "Why is Kevin Bacon's photo in the the collage at the end when the end credits are rolling?" <laughs> Because Kevin Bacon's doing everything nowadays. That's right. Well, there you could, because he was prominently featured in in that uh, Christmas special. And I guess there must be oh. a, some throwaway line where they reference it or talk about it or or something. Well, they, but it's a real passing joke. It's it's well like, they do
1: a they do a in either the Avengers Infinity War or Endgame. One of them I can't remember which. There's a point where Star Lord makes a comment about. Um, uh I think it's he's in, he's with the, uh he's with Spider Man, Peter Parker, and he says something about Footloose and he goes, Oh, is that still the greatest film of all time? And Spider Man kinda of says, Well, it never was. So there's there's <laughs> kind of a Kevin Bacon, you know, then you know, the kind of man yeah. Bacon um reference to it because he's kinda well, you, yeah. you know that
0: that 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 fits his personality and that fits the reference in the movie, but a, the reviewer, the professional reviewer who wrote the column, who talked about, I refuse to go get Disney Plus to, to go see this to, to have it make sense. I thought that was a petulant child saying, kicking and screaming on the, the floor, saying, I don't understand the reference and they can't force me. It's like they're not forcing no. you, they're no. simply continuing a, a joke that paid off in the Christmas special, and now you don't know how the joke pays off in this movie because you didn't see it. Big deal. Yeah, you and
1: that, that's fine, you, sh- you shouldn't have to. I mean, if it ties in, that's, that's cool, but you shouldn't have to have seen the Christmas special to understand the film.
0: I don't think you have to. But. His point in this this column, or this op-ed, if you will, was to say clearly, Disney is going to a pay uh, a streaming service and is trying to force you. They're not flirting with it. He no. says the evidence no. is as obvious no. as in this movie. It is their you know business model, and they're going after it whole hog, folks. That was the point of his column. But no. I thought no. you know, hey, I didn't get Netflix, but I did get Disney Plus, and I've got, had it for a year or two now, and um, I occasionally watch series. I didn't finish The Mandalorian third season, I'm ashamed to say, but I still could. But I enjoyed The Guardian's holiday special. You know, I really yeah, did. I, it was just, it was a great half-hour uh, feature, just I like the to, Werewolf by Night was a Halloween feature. I don't know if they've had any others.
1: Yeah. I, I need to watch it again, because I kind of was watching it while I was doing something else. So it was kind of on the background.
0: Mm-hmm. and I just yeah, yeah, wasn't really
1: paying attention to it, but...
0: I'm uh, willing to go see it again. You know, if it's going to be this weekend, if they've still got it. You know, it was a very enjoyable, I don't know if it was an hour or 45 minutes. It was minutes like an away. hour. Yeah. I had a 45. good time watching it. It's like it was wonderful. So, anyway. Yeah, they should do, I think, I would like if
1: they would do more, like The Werewolf, by night that they did, do more. Yeah. Don't make it a series. Just do it as a movie of the week. Oh. Do a one-off film to kind of introduce some of these other Maybe obscure yeah. characters.
2: Have yeah. some fun with them.
1: Exactly. Well, it's like it's like they do with comics. You know, the series is fixing to end. Put a put a, a issue out. Try something new. You I mean, tell Spider Man came about. So, uh, are either of you John Wick fans? Do you watch those show movies?
0: No. Me. No. Okay. I don't want to ask
1: you about John Wick 4, which I watched.
0: <laughs> I can't tell you a thing about it. Isn't that with Keanu Reeves? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all I know.
1: Well, that's all you need to know. First one is really good. The second, third one are pretty good. The fourth one was okay, but I didn't like the way it ended. And I won't spoil anything. Um, yeah.
2: My husband saw it, and he was less than impressed. Oh. what? Did he, did he like the other ones? I think he liked, like, the first two, and I think it's just, after you keep doing sequel after sequel, I kind of just, it's like with Guardians, I'm like, I'm not that clamoring to go see Guardians, because I'm like, what are they going to do that's different? They're going to have a great musical soundtrack, they're going to be kicking ass, and they're going to be doing this and that, and it's kind of the same story. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. Well. uh, But, so, um. Uh, So he he liked the first couple and he he watched it and he's like, "Eh, yeah, it was okay. But you know, it was, it didn't bring anything new or exciting to him about the John Wick story. So, but I guess it's an entertaining enough film.
1: Yeah. The, the second, third and fourth, I think are victims of the first one's popularity and that, uh, you know, it was kind of a unexpected hit and they, said, well, we got to get into the sequel out and then he did much more world building and it kind of mm-hmm. expanded the the universe and the, the world. Uh, and I think the first one I think works is because This is a much smaller, more contained film. Mm. And it, you know, you really could have ended the way, you know, and, and that first one's all about, you know, him getting revenge because they uh, killed his dog. So the motive I can get behind.
2: Yeah. Did you guys see the... Oh, we're switching tracks. Did you see the really cool announcements that came out this week? ROM and Micronauts
0: coming out in omnibuses. Isn't that awesome? Ooh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. I I stumbled across both. And I guess it's great because they're licensed properties, aren't they? Yes, they are. And they've been out
2: of Marvel's hands for probably like three decades.
0: (laughs) So uh, very long none of time. the reprints, none of it, them have been reprinted, and this will be the first time they're reprinted, right?
2: Yes, yeah, the, and these are the original Marvel adi- the, the original Marvel licensed product comics.
1: It's funny because those are both based on toys. You know, ROM was yeah, right. a toy. And, and not very
2: popular with, toys. <laughs> it was not.
1: The, the, I think the book is much more popular. And the Micronauts are also based on toys that I still have. My Micronauts. I was a huge Micronaut fan. Really? Not of the comic, but of the toys. Yes, the toys are oh. wonderful because they really? are. Have you ever seen the toys or played with them? I, I've seen I've seen pictures of the
2: toys. Yeah. They didn't look that impressive to me unless I saw like the wrong toys because they you just must have like...
1: seen the wrong ones. They are one. They're they think they're jap. It's a Japanese toy brand, a toy line. That they grabbed, kind of like Transformers, grabbed and brought over here and just changed the names. And Mego okay. um, did it. The wonderful thing about Micronauts is one, they were well designed. They were a lot of, they had a lot of metal parts, and they were all kind of like Lego. They were interchangeable. They had, um, they had a kind of a common eight millimeter hole in most of their stuff that you could take parts and take, t- take them apart and reconfigure them. And that was mm-hmm. what was really cool about it. And they had a lot of them are motorized. You could, you know, they had, uh, I had, uh, I had Biotron, which I know is in the comic. And he had, he could walk or he had treads on his back. I had, um, oh, what's a smaller it, version of it? Oh, Microtron. It that, he would Baron walk.
2: Karza? Did you have Baron Karza?
1: I have, I have right now two Baron Karzas in my collection right now because I've got I the know. horse and I think it's Andromeda and you can take his legs off. Cause he put, he went together with magnets, take his legs off and he will fit in and take the head off the horse and he becomes a centaur.
2: Well, all right. And well, the, I had never heard of the, the toys before. I mean, or at least they weren't available where I was and they weren't in any of the Sears catalogs that we used to get. Um, but I, I like the, the comics. And then when I saw the toys, I'm like, these don't look like the micronauts to me.
1: <laughs> they they yeah, they there are characters that are not like the more human looking characters that yeah. are not um in the toy line. Um like Acroyer, or acroyer or how you pronounce his name. He is he was a bad guy in the in the toys, but I think he's a good guy in the comics, isn't he? Um
2: yeah, I think he's um uh... I think he is. I can't remember. It's been so long since I read them. Yeah. I started trying to reread them recently because uh, oh, probably about five years ago, uh, a friend of mine was visiting, and he, he drove out from Arizona, and uh, he brought a whole bunch of comics. He's like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about trying to find a comic shop, see if I could sell them. I'm like, I'll buy some of these. And so he sold me, like, the first two dozen or first dozen and a half. Micronauts, and I hadn't read them since I was a kid. And even then, I got them sporadically because it was newsstand kind of stuff. So um, I started reading, kind of got got interested. But they're they're really old comics. They're not in the best shape. So you know, it's all newsprinty. It's kind of faded and bleeding through. So um, I'm really tempted to get this on the bus because I know the colors are going to be redone. It's going to be on nice paper again. It's going to be really bright and colorful and fun to watch and read so i don't well, know it must
1: be a is it collecting jesse original run or is it collecting because i think they brought them back a couple times
2: well you know it's starting and off i think it's probably going to be like the first it'll probably be like the first 20 issues and maybe the x-men micronauts run
0: mm-hmm.
2: or whatever it right. takes to get up to what whatever 30 issues or so that an omnibus can can handle
0: got so I've seen is they're reprinting one through twenty nine, and then the two annuals, and then uh, special edition Micronauts special edition materials that were included. In other words, whatever the the special editions are, they're they're including that to round out the the omnibus. Yeah, okay. guess would be it's it whatever it is is stuff that has not been seen or reprinted someplace else. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's what I understand it is. Yeah, I've
1: I've I will collect them if I would find them in a cheap bin or something. So I've got a handful of issues, and I think I've got the was it a limited series first, or just come it came out as a regular series? I can't remember. Um, it's kind of like ROM, I will collect ROM. I see thought I'll it came those. out as a regular
2: series. We've, limited series were just kind of getting started about that time, yeah, wasn't it? it, it
0: might have been. Um, I, got, I never really I, read them. I'm proud to say, uh, or ashamed to say, either way you want to take this, I have not bought a single Micronauts issue except for the four-part X-Men uh, Micronauts crossover. Crossover. And I spotted the villain from the very first installment. It's like that was no mystery for me. I <laughs> called it. It's like, how transparent can you be if you have any knowledge of the X-Men, you know, background? It's like I was very disappointed in that. But I knew nothing of the micronaut characters. Nothing. I was a total blank. So I
1: micronauts are the only that and my G.I. Joe's, if I were trying to buy back my childhood, those are the toys that I would buy. Because I, a friend of mine, Soren, who I grew up with, he had them too. So we would, when we have sleepovers, i bring all my Micronuts over, he'd have his, and we would just play on the
0: floor. <laughs> Fun. So, yeah. Be careful what you wish for, Tim. You might get it for Christmas.
1: Uh, it's too – it's too – it's like – then the G.I. Joes, because I was big in the G.I. Joe's and I had a lot of the sets and they have all uh just, you know, as a kid you don't collect you don't keep that stuff. You don't take care we of it. We played with them. You played with it. You tore them up and then you moved on to so, something
2: else. Tim, were your G. I. Joe's the twelve inch or the mm-hmm. little ones? No. Oh, yeah, I had the original. It, the yeah, the, me when too. the little ones yeah. came,
1: that was too that was too uh too late for me, but I
2: had. Yeah, um, I was too old by the time they came around. But I, right. I used to have the original and a six million dollar man.
1: I, I never had the six million dollar man, but I bought one. I bought one a couple years ago, and I've got the only. Uh, I think the only actual GI Joe I still have, and I actually got those from my friend Soren. He got rid of his toys. I was he has Eagle Eye GI Joe, and I've got Atomic Man, which was their version of the six million dollar man, who had these uh-huh. clear. Clear. He had one clear leg, which is stupid. He had one bionic leg, but he could still run real fast. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> and he had uh, an eye. You could kind of you couldn't see through it like the the Steve Austin doll, but you could um, you could. Uh, it had kind of like a fiber optic. You could fl- um, put your hand over his head. it would light would come through. It looked like his eyes flashing. Um, you need to oh. win if. Uh, whenever Paul decides to, uh, release it, uh, Kirk and Gene Hendricks and I did, uh, back to the bends And my comic was issue two of the Charlton six million dollar man. So yeah, it was a good
0: mm-hmm. shit.
1: Yeah. Kirk did what you, uh, Kirk did X-Men
0: 17? 17. Yeah. Yes. The last Jack Kirby X-Men, uh, that's why I picked it. Yeah.
1: And I've edited that and sent it to Paul. I think he's able to get it. So I don't I don't know when he'll when he'll download that or when he'll post it. But
0: probably when he decides to release the and has other uh, assistant editors month to, to yeah. do a whole and he's got the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. So so also that was announced and related to Burn is
2: uh, a new Avengers Epic collection is coming out next year. And it will collect Avengers 189 through 209. Uh, it, so, and that has some Burn work in there. Uh, what was it, like, didn't he do 189 through, like, 192 or something like that? Yeah. Just those first few. And then Perez took over.
0: Well, as I recall, Byrne did about 10 issues total. in Right, in but, the but in this
2: collection, it's 189, 90, probably 191 or two. So it's split between
0: two epic collections?
2: Oh that's crappy. Well, it's not a burn collection. It's just a collection yeah. of the books. So they're only doing they can only do so many per book. So this is okay. what they're doing.
1: Yeah, those epics you don't you don't they're not as big as an omnibus. I think they're softback and they yeah. have ten they issues have or something. 20 issues. Yeah, it's not very it's not as much. It's kind of what I think those kind of replace the um uh, Masterworks. Master or, Essentials. Well, essentials. I was thinking that's what I was trying to work on. But also the masterworks too, which is the the hardback. I've got a couple of those, but I I'd find those essentials wherever I can buy them because they're cheap and you can get a whole bunch of comics in mm-hmm. them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I yeah, it's not a Burn collection, Kirk, but it has Burn in it, so it's related to the show, so I thought I'd tie that in a little bit. Okay. And it's got that beautiful George Perez Avengers 200 cover as the cover. So that's one of my favorite nice. Avengers covers
0: ever. It's got the team that I loved on it. Describe the, the, the layout for issue 200's cover.
2: It says 200 in the middle and then just all of the Avengers are around it and the Avengers of the time. So like Iron Man, Hawkeye, Okay. scarlet witch jocasta the war vision wasp cap
0: what's, what's the predominant color white uh it's white
1: but yeah i'm looking at it right now it's a white sweet Batman. cover it's yeah. got 200 is kind of like a chisel out a rock and it's yellow yeah. and all the avengers are kind of coming at you around they're kind of coming around them it's nice it's got wonder man in his uh classic safari outfit
0: check the chat box Kirk. Yeah, All right. I oh, I see it. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite covers. I mean, that's that's one I love to have as a poster as well cuz it's just such a great great cover.
0: I guess I I get that one confused with was it Avengers Annual 10 that that everybody cries foul about. No, no. This is the issue that they don't like, or that did Ms. Marvel
2: wrong. Avengers ten or Avengers Annual ten was Chris Claremont. Um, not not necessarily setting it right, but redeeming the the terrible ending
0: to the story. Okay. So so to speak, the first half is issue two hundred, and then Annual ten redresses it. Yes. Okay. That's why I, what I was thinking. And that was
2: annual 10 is the introduction of Rogue. Yeah. And that's when Ms. Marvel loses all of her powers. Her power, yeah.
0: Like, Rogue is so different in that first appearance than she comes to be known as. Yeah. Really put that character through changes. Yeah, The appearance and the age and everything else. Whew. Uh, you mentioned G.I. Joe. Well, the first Marvel G.I. Joe series, was that called Special Missions, or was it just G.I. Joe?
1: I I don't, I think I've got one issue of G.I. Joe, and I think it's issue 50. I picked it up only because it was issue 50. I didn't read the, because that was more based on the little figures in the cartoon. So yeah. That was kind of past my time. I didn't, um, I wasn't reading that, but Um, Which is strange because there's a lot of Zach art in there, Mike Zach, and I love Mike Zach.
0: Back when those were initially coming out, I was attending pretty regular uh, comic swap meets, for lack of a better term, uh, in the Detroit suburbs. I had a friend uh, who was putting them on. He was, um, anyways, he was a promoter. And uh, he was advising everybody he could to invest in the GI Joe series. He says this is going to be hot. This is going to be uh, lots, of, you know, very collectible. You can make a mint on this if you buy twenty, <laughs> thirty copies, you know. And and I was like, oh yeah, sure, okay. No, I'm I'm not into it. And he said, you're missing the boat. So he said, I'll tell you what, you buy issue two. You won't go wrong because everybody's going to be on issue number one. Right. So you buy, you know, a hundred copies of issue two, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy a hundred copies. I'll tell you what, I'll take your bet and I'll buy ten. So I bought ten of issue two, and I think I still have two or three of them that I never did sell off, but I was advertising in the pages of CBG newspaper. Um, thinking that it was going to triple my investment or something. Anyways, I may have one or two G.I. Joe number twos left, if you're at all interested. It was purely a speculation move on my part. The next no, thing huh? to, to get us to go on was the black and white troll lords. Oh, black and white <laughs> are going to be so popular. Adolescent teenage hamsters, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started that wave. And then Adolescent Hamsters was the, the sort of the, the second line. And I've then got everybody that one. tried to put out black and white. Yeah.
1: I've got, well, that's back when Independent was really independent. You didn't have independents like Dark Horse and Rest. It was really obscure um, right. companies. But I I picked up a lot of that stuff. I have the, uh, I think it's the with the radioactive uh, adolescent hamsters that you were talking about. Yes. They had, um, and I've got one. It's called Boris the Bear. Yes, where,
0: that's the where right he, time.
1: Yeah, he kills the Newton Murgels, you know. But uh, that stuff I'd have bought just because I thought, ooh, this is going to be, you know, worth something. It,
0: but yeah, well, I've got a lot of troll, obscure stuff. Troll Lords was nothing but. Yoda-looking-like characters that were clones of the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, boy, he he was like, oh, you guys got to invest in this. This is going to be the next wave. You've got to buy. You know, I invested in a hundred of them, he said. I think I bought one and went, I don't like the art. This is distasteful. <laughs> and just because it's in black and white and not colored does not make it a, a better you know, priority or investment, and uh, certainly is not more enjoyable for me. So I didn't buy into them. Thank goodness, because immediately we had the black and white glut, and it almost tanked the industry. There were (laughs) so many shops that had invested so heavily on these black and whites Thinking that they were going to be the next hot wave, and they were cheaper to buy than the Marvels or the DCs or whatever else, and nobody wanted them, and it I've, damn near took the industry under. It I've got a really ton of was um, bad
1: of uh, uh, it's. It was now comics, N O W, now comics, and they did. I think it was now, and they did a lot of. Japanese stuff they were bringing they, it was actually manga that they were just publishing so I've got uh, several of those that are just banging they've just translated and put out um, I I got a bunch of stuff like comico they did Star Blazers and I think they may have also done Speed Racer but that might have been now that did that uh, it was all that kind of you know before like I said before, the big, you know, the big independents came along, Dark Horse, and you know, we—I don't think you'd count Image, but um, I think if the rest of them no. But I, you know, I just pick up odds and ends, independent, and they're probably not
0: worth anything. But nostalgia um, value, there'll always be yeah. some value there.
1: Yeah, and, so, and you would sometimes you could buy it cheap. You think I never, I never thought. I mean, I would buy, occasionally buy comics thinking, oh, this might be worth something. But a lot of times I bought them because I wanted to read them. Uh, there were some that I bought and never read thinking they were going to be. I remember buy- buying a limited series from DC called uh, Watchdog, or he was kind of DC's version of The Punisher or kind of Casey Jones. He wore like a hockey mask and he was kind of vigilante. And I bought all four issues, never read one of them just because I thought, oh, this is going to be worth something. But the only thing I like that might have paid off is I did pick up Sandman number one. Never read it, but I picked it up because I'd heard good things about it. And I know that's probably worth some money.
0: Uh, the dreams of the speculator. What can I say?
1: Well, it was that way with uh, when they came out with X Men number one, and they had those five oh, interlocking yeah. covers, and people would yes. just buy nos and uh, tons, thinking they were going to be worth all this and money. It
0: the number one selling comic of all time. Yeah. As a result, I don't know if those
1: are worth much anything because no, they produced they so many of them. No,
0: that's the fallacy. As soon as the company gets wise that it's got a collectible and it starts putting something out telling you that it's going to be collectible, that's the kiss of death. Because they're doing it in so many numbers and so many people are jumping on it that they'll never be rare or scarce. I heard something interesting about the time that uh, Marvel almost went under. Um, They were speculating on what the next big collectible item was going to be. Since it wasn't sports cards anymore and it wasn't going to be comics, they were trying to uh, forecast the future. I heard something really interesting. They, they, the mysterious they, were suggesting that it was going to be drive-in movie paraphernalia, specifically napkins, folding cardboard trays, and uh, what's the cap? I can't think of the description of the cap, um, military cap. Anyways, Boy Scouts had these jaunty little caps, but the paper version of it that had the name of the, uh, drive-in movie theater embossed on it or printed on it, that because they were disposable trash items, so few still exist that they were predicting that that was going to be the next hot collectible. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I'd never thought of it that way. I'm still waiting for the uh, the the collectors market to discover them. Are you sitting uh, on a just a no, box of that I, kind of stuff? I don't have any, any. But I just thought it was an interesting, interesting speculation on what the next hot collectors well, market is
1: going well, to be. Well, now I would say it's Funko. I know Funko is
0: crazy. Are those bobblehead things?
1: Yeah, well, they make bobbleheads, but it's something I've got. I'm guilty of buying Funko, but I'm not obsessed with them. And I don't keep them <laughs> in the original box. I open them up and put them on my shelf. But uh, I, with the advent of like social media and the Internet and uh, antique stores or, or um, consignment stores, we have several of them here. It's the the glut of if anything that's old. So, they call it, if it's old, they're going to call it vintage and they think it's worth a ton of money. And it may be a piece of junk. And just because it's old doesn't mean it's worth a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you'll see stuff like that that is like, why are you charging $30 for an old hammer? I don't care if it is old, that kind of stuff, you know. But, no. and usually can't. And because with the internet, everybody now has the opportunity to know what something is worth. Back the days of buying something and and somebody not knowing what they had and you stumbling across it and getting it for a steal, those days are over because everybody's instantly can look something up and go, oh, well, this is worth a lot of money. I'm going to charge a little for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of ruined the uh, the market for finding knickknacks or you know little tchotchkes and stuff that you might want because somebody's going to, to your point, Kirk, somebody's going to say, oh, it's 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 you know. It's 30 years old from something that's defunct, you know, it's, uh, we're going to charge money for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Probably my most, not my most valuable, and I don't know how much it's worth, but maybe my most treasured, one of my most treasures is I have uh, an original can of unopened original Coke before they went to Mm. new Coke and before they went to classic Coke. Because I worked at a grocery store when that was happening. So I bought a six-pack before they changed it all out. And, I, you know, I held on to it. And over the years, I kind of would slowly open them up. And so I came down to the last one. now I've got a little glass, uh, little plastic display container on my shelf. So it's from 80 to 83. <laughs> so I don't know if it's worth a dime, but that's more nostalgic for me. Kirk's showing us something. Coca Cola bag.
0: Oh, Coke Zero. Yeah. This was a backpack. They are, uh, apparently, there was a promotion for Coke Zero or Zero Sugar when this product was put out. Anyways, they printed up just hundreds of these things and they've donated them to um, the local Restore, Habitat for Humanities Mm -hmm. store. Anyways, they're available for a buck a piece. So I've been uh, ch- cutting them up and stitching them together and making nylon parachutes for uh, model rockets. Your rockets uh, man, that sounds like a
1: well, I've got I don't f- if it'd work for it. How uh, how uh, if the material is a little porous, would it still work for a,
0: a parachute? Porous? Uh, probably not. The, you want something flame-proof and rip-proof, and most nylon is not rip-stop value um, right. nylon. So I'm really kind of <coughs> barking up the wrong tree by doing this, but it was just kind of a fun project to see what could I what could I make out of this and try to preserve the logo that might yeah. appeal to somebody. So <coughs> I don't know no. that I'm going to go into mass production of it, but at a buck – Per backpack that I can rip the seams and you know play around with.
1: Well, the reason why I ask is I have uh, I got this from the uh, this is probably five years ago. At uh, we do a uh, McDonald's every two years. McDonald's does their like big annual convention, and they it's always in Orlando, and it's where they bring in like all the McDonald's uh, franchise owners, and they set up. A full size store inside and sell, serve real food. They serve all the stuff that they're experimenting with. So it's a big trade show for McDonald's. And yes. Freeman produces tons of stuff for it. You know, uh, the one I went to when I went down there, because my wife used to work it, they had, they produced a oversized thing of fries that was hanging on the wall outside as you walked in. That was probably twelve feet high. They had a Big Mac burger that was probably twenty feet across, made out of foam. <laughs> and they loved. And some guy came in and bought all that stuff. And they were cutting it up, and he was carting it off. But they had on one wall, they had uh, a big graphic of the Big Mac burger that was probably ten feet by ten feet. And it's uh, what we call SEG fabric, which just means that it's a printed nylon. Fabric. It's a little sheer, uh, not quite as sheer as pantyhose, but you can kind of see through it. And it has a silicone edge gasket around it. And that's what we put into a little metal aluminum gasket. And it pulls it tight. It's a, it's a graphic. Well, they had that up there, and I said, oh, I want that. And they said, okay. They took it down and gave it to me. And it was in our office when I was back at um, Grand Prairie. We had the shop put up some more of that extrusion, and we had that on the wall. So we had a wall. It was just one giant Big Mac. But when I left <laughs> Texas, I, I took it with me, and I got no place to do it. I've got it. I thought, I'm, I'm just going to get rid of it. I don't have any place to do this thing. But I thought, Kirk, I'd send it to you if you thought you could cut it out because you'd make a lot of little parachutes out of that big hamburger.
0: Uh, my wife would absolutely kill me. Uh, it would be <laughs> grounds for divorce. If she doesn't want me to be messing with her sewing machines as it oh. is and uh you know <laughs> thank you no um oh. however if you get an offer from uh somebody who listens to this uh coffee yeah. and comics or cocktails and comics or whatever we're calling it these days um b- cash out you know yeah go somebody wants
1: it. to when somebody wants to pay me for a giant people would come in our office uh, back in texas <laughs> and they'd be like wow because it's just we got to where we didn't see it anymore. Because it was always up there, but it was it filled the whole wall. Um, well, since I'm going to spin this into since we're talking about um, sewing, John, I got to talk about well, you didn't do it, but Fred's is it is it a is it a afghan or a quilt? What did that thing he made that he showed on Facebook?
2: Uh, it's a crocheted um, bedspread or bedspread. blanket. And like, yeah. I don't know
1: if you've seen it or not, Kirk, but it is really fabulous. You say he spent almost two years making this thing. Yeah. And it is really gorgeous. Um,
2: you guys Can are crocheting it? Yeah. Yes, it's crocheted. Yeah. He started crocheted uh, when the pandemic started and we were on, all on lockdown. And then about a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, he started this blanket project which uh involved a lot of squares and octagons and crocheting a giant border So a lot of work went into it so yeah it's really beautiful it's heavy did too it's like 20 pounds <laughs> wow
1: well did he put it together kind of like a quilt did he make all the little sections and then he kind of put them all together yes yeah yeah that's what I thought. my uh, my mom crochets uh, and because she used to make Afghans, now she quilts. She makes lots of quilts. Fanula um, took up knitting. She knitted a, a few things uh, last year. She got knitting for Christmas. But she kind of was doing that for a while before it kind of fell away. But yeah. You know, it's,
2: um, Good projects.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. It, it's something you can do while you're watching TV or listening. You don't have to kind of. Focus just on that. It's something you're doing while you're doing something else.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I do, latch, hook, rugs. Oh, do you? Hook, hook latch, rugs, what have you, yeah. while watching TV or something like that. It's mindless activity that I can, you know, as you say, the holiday special can be, uh, Guardian's holiday special could be on TV, and I'm latch-hooking away, not paying close attention to the screen. So, is
1: latch hook where you you kind of use a, a plastic kind of base and
0: you attach it to that? It's basically a net or a, a mat, jute mat, uh, maybe quarter inch squares, uh, holes, and so you the you get pre-colored yarn that is two and a half inches long, and you you're literally tying one strand um in in each of those holes with a little tool that has a hook on the end and a latch that will flip open or shut um, to allow you to do this tying very quickly. So, so cool. I, I don't know how else to describe it very easily. Oh look at that. What is that? That's a latch my mom made like oh. 40 years ago. Oh my god, you know yeah that's it. Show them the that's- back signs.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. It's like a. you see
0: the mat? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. Got is a, that like
1: a it's like an Indian holding up a pattern tan, or something?
0: Uh yeah, tan um Thunderbirds. Uh, Thunderbird, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, a really interesting American Indian design. That's great.
2: That is, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's the only thing of hers latch hook that we have, so I'm keeping good care of it. <laughs>
1: I used to do macrame when I was a kid for about
0: five minutes. Or
2: if you're in England, it's macrame.
0: macrame. Oh God! Please no. <laughs> that's all the, like aluminum. Aluminium. Aluminium? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's just
2: different ways them. we say things. I think I yep. think it probably sounds crazy to them.
0: <laughs> I love uh, or controversy. That's another good word. I love listening to Andy. Layman, because he'll throw in, um, how does he say controversy? Is controversy? controversy? Anyways, it's it's yeah. just so weird hearing some of those words that he uses so casually, and I have to think twice. Like, what does he mean?
2: Yeah. Well, he'll say. It. Speaking he of says, Andy, did you uh, did you did uh, everyone hear the reunion episode of the Fantastic Cast? Oh no. no,
1: I haven't listened to this one. Is he on it? Is he back on? Andy
2: and Steve got back together because they're right. starting the burn run of the Fantastic yes. Four. When it the first the uh, the first episode of that just popped out, what, last week I think. Yeah, and I think was... uh, Steve had Andy on uh, for old times' sake, and because they've been working together for that for so long, he just felt like you know we've got to have Andy on for the first episode of the the burn set, the burn part of it. So, yeah, it was really good. I was really excited to hear it. It was great to hear both of them back together. Um, I, I don't think Andy's going to be on all the time, but uh, it was great to hear him. And it was great to be in the burn era of the Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, I'll have to um, start listening. I I would listen to them for a while, then I kind of dropped off. But when we covered the, the with Nigel, when we covered the uh, Project Pegasus, run
2: uh-huh
1: he had covered because they were they will cover anything as kind of they covered uh, all of uh strange tales they covered the thing anything that had a fantastic four member in it they would cover those issues as well so yeah. he covered all the two-in-ones and i listened to those after we did, of course did our coverage of it kind of get a second well john have you listened to kirk and i's uh namor episode
2: not yet, um, because when I was out driving back and forth to work, it hadn't released yet. So uh, now that it's I saw now that it's out, I'm looking forward to um, turning it on and having a listen. Or maybe this weekend while I'm gardening, I'll put it yeah, on. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, I I hope we uh, I think we did a pretty good job.
2: Uh, I'm sure you did a great job. Well, I'm looking I was, forward to hearing it. First
0: half, first half of it uh, since you you released it. And I'm not satisfied with my delivery yet. Um, <laughs> it, I think I just stuttered and sputtered and jumped around and I caught myself making a couple of errors. Princess Fen is the name of Namor's mother. And I called her Dorma at one point. Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and a couple of other things that, that any Namor fans will just be screaming. And it's like, No! Uh, well, maybe it is, maybe that will
2: me. And you never know. Maybe Dorma is his mom. Oh God! <laughs> now, <laughs> no, Kirk, you—I don't think
1: you. Well, compared to me, I—I I, I, trust me. I've been doing this for a long time, but I listen to myself all the time when I'm doing edits. But I—I I hate my voice and I hate my delivery, and I don't—I've never relaxed enough on on mic. And you have a much more of a. I guess it's because you do this for a living. You have a much more relaxed uh, delivery, you know, much more. Do you do too, John, you, you talk very kind of succinctly and I tend to kind of ramble.
2: Thanks. No, looking forward to listening to it. Um, It'll be, it'll be nice. And to hear some Namor, uh, you know, I started reading the Namor run and then I, got distracted by other books i kind of like to get back onto it because i know that the first two years of it are really uh, has some really good uh storylines in it and i'd like to check it out
1: yeah i read ahead so i think i'm up to about issue five or six Hmm. um we're trying to get uh speaking of that kirk i tried to find the link to your old show with your daughter yeah i found it and I put it in the show description. I don't know if that link works because some of the when I was trying to find some of the episodes, the links were broken or they they wouldn't
0: pull up. So, well, I don't know some how successful of them it or, is. Some of them or none of them are working. Some of them, like the first
1: one, I could not find. The first episode wouldn't pull up. It would. I'd click on it. And it would just. I uh, would get an error message. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's just are older or you know you know, we can fix that in the future if we when we do another show if we can get some um, maybe it was something I was doing or maybe I wasn't f- going to the right place but
0: well she um, still told me that it was on Tumblr under Serial Surface Invaders and then uh, I think she hosted it on something um, something called Mediafire
1: that might have been where I found it because I just searched for the the name of it and I found it, uh, and it might be on several sites. Maybe I didn't, but um, well, there we're still only hoping eight. to. Yeah, you talked to her about coming on. Uh,
0: no, obliquely, uh, <laughs> not, not. I'll talk to her again tomorrow because we're going to go strawberry picking. Because um, strawberries are coming in and. It's a holiday weekend, so uh, family does this once a year. So nice. My
1: family, it was always blueberries. We would go pick blueberries by, or not blueberries. Excuse me, blackberries uh, by the railroad track, and then my mom would take them home and can them and make. We just have jars and jars of blackberry jelly and jam.
0: oh <laughs> yeah we gotta do issues two and three sometime uh tim
1: yeah if, if we we can do them next week if uh i don't know if we plan anything i know um brian's busy with moving into the new house but uh or the we
0: can't as we call
1: it yeah it's a nice yeah. it's, it's a nice, <laughs> nice expansion um so maybe next week if we uh if we can't get everything else as a, as a as a group with John and okay. with John and, and everybody, we'll, we'll just we'll see. Uh, I figured this weekend was gonna be kind of hard. That's why I suggested this because it's a holiday weekend. This doesn't take any prep. It's just getting on mic and, and just talking. So I thought this would be a quick, easy show that we could do, and then I can I'll release this Sunday, put it out. So. Well, guys, you got anything else you kind of wanna? Talk about we've got. I only had about an hour because we have to get a early tomorrow.
0: So how far yeah. are we in now? I haven't been watching the clock. Has it been an hour? Yeah, wow, it's been about an hour. Yeah, yeah. hour and a half almost. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't really talk about um, Guardians of the Galaxy as far as the plot. Uh, we kind of got off on a tangent, but there's a couple things that I I want to say. If you don't already know, you're going to get the backstory of Rocket Raccoon. I mean, I think that's fairly well known. That's not a spoiler. And he, I believe it was in the first movie that he, you know, everybody kind of takes him for granted and um, dismisses him. And at some point he breaks down and he says, have you ever thought about how I feel being torn apart and put back together again? Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of disconcerting because everybody's kind of taken it for granted that no, I never, never really thought about it. Well, this movie is going to tell you that backstory and explain that comment, and it should be uh, disturbing because it it borders on small animal experimentation.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's that. That's the idea. And I think it's why
0: my wife is a little hesitant to go and see it. But and, uh, and I mean, the way that they do it, you know, it's a moving story. Uh, it's done basically in flashbacks, but uh, you know after two or three flashbacks, I was like, okay, I got it guys. (laughs) I understand." let's move on now. And it's like, oh no, there's going to be a fourth flashback and a fifth flashback. And it's like, okay guys, I just got a little bit tired of the structure of the story because I got it the first, the first time they flashed back to his background. It's like, oh, this is not going to end well. Yeah. So I
1: I had heard it's a little, it's like two and a half hours. And I've heard that you, it could be trimmed. That's probably doesn't need to be two and a half hours, but um, James Gunn's last time. And I guess he got to do what he wanted to do.
0: Um, Yeah. How is
1: the, how is without spoiling anything? How was the high evolutionary, high, high evolutionary, right?
0: High evolutionary. Um, How is he? he? He's the big bad, if you will, the, the antagonist, and you know, although he starts out fairly uh, benign, he the the deeper into the movie you get, the worse he becomes, and you start questioning his ethics, and he makes a couple of very bold and sweeping statements that will shock the Christians in the uh, in the audience, I think. Yeah. Um, and, but it is not the same character as we were introduced to in Thor. The original appearance of the High Evolutionary was in a three-part story arc in, I think it was about Thor 131, 132, 133, uh, or, no, sorry, maybe it's 133, 34, 35. At any rate, it's a very thinly disguised variant on the island of Dr. Moreau. Are you familiar with that story, that science fiction concept? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I I think... Mm -hmm. Because my, I think I was introduced to him in the the Hulk issues where he is taken to is it Earth two or Earth, yeah, whatever the whatever his yeah. point is. And, that
0: plays a major role in the Guardians movie too. Yeah, but go ahead. And, he,
1: and he's uh, except in that point, he was not not so much experimenting as he was like using a machine that would evolve someone forward and that's how he was changing all these animals into men right. um and that's that's very dr moreau like because he kind of gave them he was kind of like i'm you know i'm your basically you know for one of a better word i'm your god or i'm your creator and he kind of they kind of created their own little more of a medieval type society And then hope comes in and i think helps him they revolt and then at that point, he turns the machine on himself and kind of evolves himself into kind of an energy being and then disappears, I think. And I'm sure he, yeah. comes, well, he does come back later.
0: That's how I remember that uh, as well. Um, I'm trying to think. He, when he evolves into a an energy being, it's very much like the, the star child at the end of 2001 yes. A Space Odyssey. yes. Very similar image. And I think, if memory serves, the Hulk runs into him around issue 101, 102, 103, when he first got his own series. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit late. Maybe it was Tales to Astonish uh, was wrapping up. But that's where, the, where that happens again. Anyways, the, the, what I'm trying to tell you is he's not a big baddie in the, in the comic when he was yeah. initially introduced, but boy, there's no question in this movie that he is, um, he's the, the antagonist. He's the, uh, the, the, I thought he looked an awful lot like Kang from, um, what was well, it? He Ant- does. Yeah. Cause he's Pelosi. not wearing his
1: mask. Is he, he's not wearing that face his armor or he's not wearing the face. He looks almost has like a iron man type outfit that you don't see his
0: face. but um, well, He's very much human. It's very much a human face that you see in this movie. Yeah. And there's a payoff to it as well. I won't go into it, but, um, you know, there are enough things that have been changed to adapt it to the movie that they couldn't possibly have done it like it shows up in the comic. But... um you know the the, the the issue of the mask is going to be a major element in this movie. You'll see that pay off eventually.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd heard that they were Marvel was considering possibly switching out the High Evolutionary for Kang because of all the stuff that's going on with the actor that played Kang. That they might make the evolutionary the, you know, because Kang was supposed to be the the new Thanos going forward. And he may be substituted now with the higher visionary and he'll kind of take his place and he'll be the, the big bad going through the films in the future.
0: I don't see how that's possible unless they pluck him from another timeline. Anything's possible. Uh, (laughs) I I don't recall if they kill him off or blow him up or what, but I don't, I don't recall now. So I can't be, I can't give you a spoiler. Uh, as to whether he survives or not from this film. Isn't that terrible? i just seen this film, and I can't tell you <laughs> what the final resolution for the character is. And I don't think it was left in doubt. It just, I think I well, was ready it can to be. check out it, of the movie can, by yeah. the time we got there.
1: Well, do they, and don't spoil anything, but do they give any backstory to Cos- Cos- is it Cosmo or Cosmos, the dog?
0: Oh, he has a much larger role. Yeah. He's an active character in in his own little story arc in this this cool. movie. Um, you know, he actually has lines, and he's a he's a player. He's a v- very involved. This is <laughs> <clears throat> he's part of the support characters, the That's supporting cool. cast. Yeah. And I didn't see him that way until this movie. Well, uh, yeah, he was but- just
1: an Easter egg. Before that, he was just. Uh, I think he was. In the the comics I think he had a prominent role, but in the movies he was just a it was like Howard the Deck showing up. He was just a an Easter yes. egg and a and a fan thing. But
0: Yeah. I okay, agree. That, That's how I would have yeah would have described it.
1: Well, I definitely
0: need to go see it now. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. Um <laughs> trying to think what else. There are some very dark scenes in it. I don't think it's appropriate for kids uh, under a certain age. I saw one lady with a toddler or a baby in the theater um, and the, the the Dolby stereo, boom, 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 crash, thud. You know, I can't imagine that child trying to sleep through that. Yeah. And it did. It cried quite a bit through the movie. Um, but boy, I would think twice about taking a kid to this movie without being prepared to to put it in context for the kid to explain um the ethics to explain why things are going on because this one is pretty dark i heard it it, it can get a little dark yeah more than a little in spots (laughs) but but i i'll tell you what i think the biggest problem with the movie is we go on this great adventure to save one particular character and they say over and over and over again, we're family. We'll do this because we care for this character. We love this character. We'll go on this quest for this character. And we'll slaughter thousands of the other characters who are nameless on this quest. And that doesn't sit right for me. That's like there's a non sequitur there. And I think that's a flaw in the concept of this movie, that there are all kinds of of you know, run, run, punch, fight, shoot, bang, splat. There's all sorts of gunplay and battles and guards being shot and people being killed. And it amounts to nothing. Yet we are overly concerned about this one particular character that we will move heaven and earth to save.
1: That's, that's, you know, look at, look at, (laughs) they're talking about stuff that's out. Fast X is out now. And that's all about family and about, you know, moving the earth to save somebody. And you don't care how many innocent civilians are caught up in all the collateral damage. But that's, you know, that's that's movie telling, Kirk. That's just.
0: um, Yeah, it's a summer blockbuster and, you know, a bloodless uh, fight where the guards are being shot and the guards are shooting back at the guardians and amazingly not hitting any of them in a closed confined space you know i, I get that it's sort of like the star wars troopers you know they yeah. can't hit the broadside of a barn but they can get hit they can get shot they can fall over dead and we don't care about them because they are just cannon fodder there's a lot of that in this movie particularly as you get towards the end Oh, I, I won't I, think, spoil it. I won't say more. but as you, the movie unfolds you're gonna you're gonna think about this and go that's what Kirk was talking about
1: yeah well I think I, ha- and I haven't seen the new Ant-Man either but I think that is full of a lot of the yes. kind of uh, wholesale minion slaughter that's
0: just yeah. they're just nameless uh, that's what i yeah, yeah. I'll do one one transition for you here to translate this into comics. One thing that I cannot stand about Kang and in the era of Cap's Kooky Quartet, this is the era of the Avengers that falls between issues 16 and, say, 28. There's a two-part Kang story in there that's drawn by Don Heck that has literally hundreds of minions that are either fighting for or against Kang revolting in his timeline and they are faceless. And there are so many of them that it just overwhelms the senses as a kid reading those issues. I don't care about them. And and the Avengers just get lost in it. The end of Endgame on the movie screen when there's this titanic battle between all the assembled avengers in the the uh, marvel universe versus thanos and all of his bad guys that bordered on the same they almost went too far with that because it's just a massive carnage scene where you can't keep track of all the players
1: well it's usually they will I mean look at the avengers film when they're fighting the uh is it the shatari? Whatever this yes. stand-up yeah. they all look alike. All the shatari are kind of interchangeable. So right. I think that they use that as a background to have your your main characters that we all know, they have different colored costumes and personalities that look different. So they will stand out against this, like you said, this horde of sameness that they're destroying so that you don't lose. I mean, it can still get mindless and it's just it's almost like watching a video game. It's like you're just waiting for yes. okay, yes. accomplish your thing, get to the cutscene. Let's go to the next thing.
0: Um, if you get a chance, look up online or wherever you you find your back issues, whether they're in uh, Marvel Masterworks or the uh, the Essential Avengers. Look up Avengers number twenty three, twenty four. That's the two part. They've got great covers. Um, but, um, you just, just look at the artwork, read that two part series. In fact, uh, it's coming up on the Avengers spotlight with, uh, Dr. Bill and Paul Spataro soon. I don't know when, but that, those are the next two issues in their sequence for reading. Um, and you'll see the artwork that I'm talking that is, about.
1: I'm, I'm looking at Avengers 23 right now. And that is a, that is a pretty cool, co- uh, pretty cool cover. Big Kang with kind of looming over Kang. him.
0: Yeah, he's looming over him. He's all in oranges and reds. Yeah. It's a gorgeous it's cool. cover. It's, yeah. It's really good. But according to uh, to Marvel Legend, um, that cover was rejected. Um, they literally had to adjust or redraw it slightly. And I'm not sure if I can do this justice because I'm doing it from memory. But I think it's the figure of the Scarlet Witch was moved over about a half an inch so that Kang wasn't lording over top of her. Oh. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous that, that it doesn't. Well, what difference does it make? And I don't think the change makes any difference at all. But apparently, somebody at the Comics Code said, uh, 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 this is too threatening. You, you know, this is too imposing. The kids are going to have nightmares. So you have to fix this." So what did they do? You know, they moved a character a half an inch well, to I, the left. And resubmitted it and it all and publication.
1: I, I don't, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. And I don't see it as more of a him as being too menacing. But if she's moved over, she is hidden by Cap. It's not well balanced because you've got Cap and Hawkeye kind of in the, the foreground, and behind them you've got Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and then you get the big Kang at the very back. And if she was moved over to the right, then Cap would be obscuring her body more. So I mean, that's my yeah, problem well, I would have with it. not that he's fixing it It looks like he the maybe fixed it forever.
0: The published version um, has been altered slightly from the original artwork, but it, the alteration is so slight, I don't see that it makes any difference. Mm-hmm. I'm only aware of one other comic cover that was outright rejected because it was going to be too menacing that somebody in the comics code just rejected it outright, not Stan, not the production department, but the Comics Code Authority. And I believe it was X-Men 31 or 32 that had the juggernaut on the cover. And I believe it's it's really weirdly colored. It's like orange or purple or something like that. And the juggernaut has in its hand uh, Jean and Scott or Cyclops and Marvel Girl or something to that effect. And they literally changed the face to of this giant oversized figure from a demon to be the jogger But hmm. you look at that cover and it's like, did this scene really happen in the movie in the inside the book? No, it doesn't. But apparently that's, that's the only other instance that I know that somebody looked at the artwork and said, No, you can't print this because it'll be too scary for the kids. So change it. So they changed the face on the giant oversized figure. And that's it. I mean, well, some it's... of the some of the bounces that they made, the changes that they insisted on, really, you know, <laughs> it well, defies logic why they they said it. It's like the Unless we, somebody we, was on a power trip and they were just flexing their muscles
1: to say, well, it, it could oh. be. You know, they don't want to do anything that's going to keep it from selling. But look at the uh, the She-Hulk graphic novel that Byrne did. You know, they made him change that final page where he had uh, Jennifer and Wyatt in bed together, and there was no nudity, but obviously you could see what was going on. And they made him right. change that to I think he's just rubbing her feet or something in the end of that. So they thought that was a little, and that was in a graphic novel. A lot of times you could get away with more because that was not like necessarily considered newsstand stuff. But
0: Well, I'll get off my soapbox now. We've been talking for about 90 uh, minutes. Yeah. I'm sure, everybody's well, asleep. <laughs> we can wrap it
1: up. This was a, uh, yeah. Uh, I think we put John to sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm there still. This was a lot of fun. Um, these are just, you know, there's no prep. It's just get on there and guys talking about what we want to talk about. No agenda, no uh, no uh planned meeting, no synopsis, no uh not a lot of uh analysis, just just talking. And that's what's great about these. So um thanks for both of you guys for coming on. Hey. Okay. Well, for uh we never really introduced ourselves, we never really we kinda of just came in. Came in cold, but uh, if you don't. If you've been listening to us for now, you probably know who we are. But for third degree burn, I am Tim Elliott, and I want to thank my two co-hosts for coming on tonight.
2: I'm I, yeah, and the <laughs> John. That shows you how rehearsed we are. Uh, that's what's what makes it more.
1: That's makes it more uh, spontaneous. Organic. Yeah. yeah, organic. That's the word. All right, Thank well, thanks, everybody. Closing time. Good night. Time.
2: One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay
1: here. Thanks for listening. You can find us in many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T W O T R U E f-r-e-a-k-s dot third degree burn is spelled with the number three r-d-d-e-g-r-e-e b-y-r-n-e and is part of the tutu freaks network of shows follow us on facebook and twitter just look for third degree burn spelled with the number three and burn spelled b-y-r-n-e compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gotta at gmail dot com that's g-o-t-t-a G E T B Y R N E D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn.